listener production. Picture this. It's a Friday night. You've finished a really hard week at work. You head to the cupboard, pull out a nice bottle of wine, and you tell yourself, I'll just have one glass. But that first glass was so good. So you have another, and another, and another, until the bottle is gone. That's okay, right? Because it's just one day of the week. But then the next day, you wake up, you're feeling a bit dusty, you have a beer with lunch, and you think, well, why not? I deserve it. And then it's Sunday, you have a couple of wines then, and then before you know it, the next Friday rolls around and you have that itchy feeling that it's time for a wine, and that cycle, it just starts again. And without realising, a whole year has gone by without a single weekend off drinking. Now, don't get me wrong, I enjoy a glass of wine. I don't think it's a habit, and it's not something I want to turn into a habit. But I asked Maz Compton, author of Last Drinks, when does a cheeky glass of wine turn into a bad habit? What is the difference between occasional drinking, that's what, that's what I think I do, and habitual drinking? It's a really fine line. I think it just depends on the person as well. I think what happens is it, they're kind of they're almost one in the same. So, what? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, because when you when we're talking about you're talking about your habits, like your your behaviors. So again, we're back to this brain chemistry thing where if you keep doing certain things over and over again, it becomes habituated. It becomes a habit. It doesn't mean that you don't have a relationship with alcohol that might need a reframe. You might just drink at special occasions, but if you do just drink at special occasions, that's still habituation. Again, it comes back to that assessment of relationship with alcohol first, which is the question to yourself, am I comfortable with my relationship with alcohol? Is it giving me any positive impact? And if it's a no, I'm not comfortable or no, there's no benefits, then that is definitely worthy of an exploration into sobriety. And if you have a friend or a family member who is a habitual drinker, How do you try and support them? This is so hard. You are only responsible for your relationship with alcohol. You cannot cannot convince somebody into sobriety. You just can't. And uh, you can suggest it. You can hint. You can leave my book on the coffee table. But it is a place that everyone will arrive at in their own time, through their own sequence of events, and when they are ready to ask themselves that tough question in the mirror. What you can do if somebody tells you, hey, I think I have a bit of a problem with drinking, I'm going to take some time off, absolutely be their cheerleader and their support person and say, like, the best response to that is, like, how can I support you? What do you need from me? In, and if they say, whenever we go out, I need you to not drink, you know, if you love the person enough, you should Easy. be able to do yeah. that for them. And, in fact, like the buddy system works at the gym. It also works in sobriety. Finding somebody to buddy up with is is so much more empowering than just, you know, solo. So true. Because yeah. then you have someone to talk to, someone to roll eyes with about other people. 100%. Like it's, it's so true. I, I so love that. Yeah. What advice would you give to the listeners of this podcast who are in social situations and they are – feeling that pressure to drink because often I've succumbed to that pressure. I go to a party, I don't want to drink. Someone goes, come on, it's such and such as birthday. And you go, okay. 
Well, I just like I just don't I don't want I don't want there to be that awkward pause. Yeah. So I just go fine. Yeah, I'll have a beer. Thanks. Yeah. So the best thing you can do, I talk about this in my book, is you can arm yourself with I call it a sober response, which is a very succinct explanation as to why you are not drinking tonight. I'm pregnant. That's what you say. You can say you're pregnant. (laughs) What I find we do is we love over-explaining stuff. Totally love it. My sober response back in the day was like, why are you not drinking tonight, Maz? I'm like, oh, I decided to have a month off because it was kind of becoming a problem. But like, not that I had a problem with alcohol or anything, but like I just, my hangovers were getting really bad. And so then I decided, and then it's been a bit more than a month, but I think I'm still going to go. But maybe next week, and I just like over-explain myself. And I'm like, I don't, first of all, you don't owe anyone an apology for not drinking. So my first thing is do not apologize for not drinking because you shouldn't be sorry that you're being sober. And arm yourself with this like really succinct, sober response, which could be something like, do you know what? I'm actually taking some time away from alcohol for my health. And and that, and then stop. To, I'm going to the bar to get a water. Would you like anything? And <laughs> excuse yourself. Drill it down and be really, I think when we deliver that sentence with confidence. And conviction. And conviction, you then don't have to convince somebody else into your sobriety. If you have made that decision for your life or for your night or your week or whatever it is, you shouldn't have to shy away from that truth for you. And you shouldn't have to, you don't owe anyone an explanation. It's your health, your body, your rules. You are fully allowed to exist and be sober in a social environment. And that that should be okay. And hopefully these conversations are going to make it more okay for people. Is it okay to say that you're the designated driver? Like I get that's an excuse, but it's sort of when you say you're the driver, people are like, oh, well, you can't drink, so. Sorry, I'm driving. Yeah, perfect. And then after six months, they'll be like, Tria, you've been driving a lot. <laughs> and then you can be like, yeah, I just don't drink I'm pregnant. Anymore. I'm pregnant now. <laughs> <laughs> also, people get used to it, right? Like my auntie and uncle don't drink alcohol. They haven't drunk alcohol for decades. And so if they're at a barbecue, no one's like, where's your drink? Because everyone, we all know that they don't drink. So they've got like soft drink or, or whatever, whatever it is in their hands. So I think people get used to it. I want to know how, how we talk to our kids about alcohol. I actually did a chat with Isabella Ferguson and her whole thing is how do we talk to kids about alcohol? Her main piece of advice is start early. So start having big conversations with your kids early, early, early on. And, and it's not about moralizing alcohol either. It's not about this is bad, this is good. You know, it's like we don't want our kids to be so afraid of making choices because we're like, don't do the wrong thing, don't do a bad thing. But what we want to do is get them really used to making choices. So I think it is about modeling and educating and it's again, then that's where it gets a bit tricky if we're drinking. Yeah, that's what I that's what we think. I think it was confusing when people were like, well, two standard drinks is okay. But we all know when you pour a glass of wine, it's four standard drinks in that glass because you fill it yeah. right up to the brim. It's right? a big glass. It's, it's a big a glass. It's a big glass. <laughs> Sometimes I'd get a bottle and a straw. But anyway, um, so I do think having those conversations around alcohol and and social engagement and friends, like what are your mates up to? Where are they up to with all of this stuff as well? Because the pressure is probably going to maybe come from the peers 
in, you know, in and out of school or at the parties or what have you. But I just think arming them with the education is a really big one and keeping those lines of communication open and not shaming our kids. If they make a mistake and if they screw up, you just want to know that because they are going to screw up. Like, like I'm still screwing up, you know, like it's all part of the progressive revelation of life. So that's my code for journey because I hate the word journey. I love the word journey. (laughs) Oh, if I hear the word journey, my Journey to me is a song. But anyway, um, <laughs> this whole you want them to know they're going to screw up it's, and it will be okay and you can come to mum and dad and we can have an honest conversation about it. And also maybe those conversations with our kids will be the conversations that um, give us the confidence to have that conversation with ourselves. And if someone is sober curious, probably someone like me or someone who's listening to this and they, they want to find out more or they want to know if there's a framework to follow, yeah. is what would you recommend? First of all, I've got a podcast called Last Drinks Pod where each Sunday morning I release an episode purposely on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I um, love that. And it's talking to people about their last drink. So I talk to a lot of people who are sober, why they stopped drinking, how challenging it was and what sobriety has offered them. But I also talk to experts. I talk to a sleep expert, a neuroscientist, a dietitian about how alcohol impacts different parts of our lives. So I would start by listening to a few episodes of the podcast just to kind of get a bit of information. And then I've just released a book called Last Drinks, How to Drink Less and Be Your Best. And that really is, it's my story, but a lot of stories out of the podcast as well. It explains what alcohol actually is, what sobriety is and how you can attain it. And then there's like a 30-day kickstart guide so you can do your first 30 days, how I did my first 30 days basically. And like I said, I haven't had a drink since. I love that, Maz. It's been a real pleasure for me to talk to you and get some of your... Yeah, it's been really awesome. It's been really great. I think it's such an important conversation that we all need to be having and and also to have with ourselves, right, to look at ourselves and, and ask ourselves, you know, is alcohol really the best thing for me? Thanks for listening to Terea Pitt's Pep Talk. Follow to get new pep talks every day. Listener.